Welcome back, Husker fans, to the fifth installment of the Big Red Roundtable. The Alliance has returned, also known as Generation Red. Scott and I, as well as Justin, Derek, and Tyler from the Husker Cuzcast, and we're hanging out tonight, and we are about to get really offensive. In case you're thinking this is a political show, no. We're not going to get that offensive. We're just going to hang out. We're going to talk about the 2022 Husker offense and who we think the starters might be. Gentlemen, it's been a month or right around there. And uh, what y'all been up to? I know you like floated down a river not that long ago, Justin. I did. I went to the Guadalupe River down in New Braunfels uh, this past weekend. Met a bunch of friends down there. There's about 50 of us. So got a lot of sun. And uh, we killed a lot of alcohol down there, too. So, <laughs> Were you drinking the Black Eyed Susans like you did last week or last month on the show? My wife did make a bunch of Black Eyed Susans for the Belmont. It wasn't the right drink, but that's all right. That pretty, you know, she got, the, she oh, got okay. it in there, but. I'm, I'm just glad I'm just glad you weren't drinking them on the river, you know, because after the shark heard around the table uh, last month, I wasn't really looking forward to hearing stories about the shark heard all over the river. Uh, in the river, it all just floats away. Seen in the river, for that matter. Uh, <laughs> but any of you other guys had anything exciting happen lately? Um, you guys, anything? I, I just got back from South Dakota, went there to the go. Black Hills. Oh, nice. Did some mountain biking up there, hiking. Saw a, another cousin. It's a good time. AJ, you saw AJ. I saw AJ. So, nice. Oh, very cool. Sweet. What about very you, cool. Ken? Oh, I don't know. I'm hanging out in a hotel room because I uh, started a new business venture with my wife. Uh, we've uh, I washed my truck that I that semi that I used to drive and some bitch sh- shrunk right down to an F350 Super Duty and uh <laughs> so now we're hauling campers which has been a heck of a lot of fun been uh let's see we went to Iowa with the first one which is never fun but it was all right and then uh this last one went all the way down south of Dallas down to Alvarado Texas and then we came back up here and then we're going to head to Pennsylvania for a family reunion Let's see, guys. I know we're here to talk about the offense, and I'm going to just throw something at you, let you guys come off the cuff with it. Do you guys really give six craps from Sunday about what Adrian Martinez has been saying in the media or about what the metrics involved in Scott Frost's contract are for his salary to increase back up to $5 million? Do you guys really care? Because it seems like the USA Today and every other Husker fan on the freaking planet seems to care. Do you guys? I don't. Yeah, no, I'm hardly for- interested now. <laughs> oh, getting saucy. Mango first, habanero up in this baby. First off, with the Adrian Martinez comments, half of it was taken out of context. If people would have finished this quote, they yeah. would have realized that he wasn't yeah. even really talking shit. So yeah. I, I, like I, I really don't care about it. It's it's Twitter. Twitter is there to start shit. It's all it's for. Yeah, yeah that's kind of my I, take on it. What, what do you expect him to say? Do you want him to say, yeah, you know what? I don't want to make a bowl. You know, that that's good. I, you know, I'm good. Never playing in a bowl. Get, like, My team you... is is okay. Got, They're yeah, not I, bad. I have a bunch of losers around me. What the hell am I supposed to do with this? They're not as good as Nebraska, <laughs> but I expect to, you know, yeah. 
I expect. I mean, if he didn't want to make a bowl, he would have stayed at Nebraska, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've made so many of them recently, right? No. But the the Scott (laughs) Frost thing, Ken, is is, so he could choke away a few more games. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Let's 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 not pick on Adrian. But the, the Scott Frost thing, I don't care at all. But I do find it just fascinating that it is a secret. It's like once I hear the secret, it's gonna be like it won't be worth it. It, it I would never have asked a question what was in the contract. But the fact that they don't want to release it is just like preposterous to me. That's where I, I get it. I I, I kind of understand that sentiment, but I also understand the fact that you know if there's specific numbers like wins and losses that are involved in the metrics, why the blazes would you want that to be public for, you know, people like Justin <laughs> to start screeching because he's not going to probably make that metric or anybody else that's dying to see the guy get fired. So I oh, get I or, or I why they'd want to keep it quiet. I'm kidding with you, Justin, you know that. Or because the metric's too easy, right? It could be like, that too. I I thought about it yeah, more along those the lines of if – if they laid out the numbers black and white, which I mean, a university should have a right to privacy when it comes to their to certain certain like requirements, because when it comes to competition, like when I think of like if they were to release, he needs to achieve this many things. That's 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 whiteboard material for anybody that we play yep. against for the whole season. They just look at it and it's like, all right, he needs, he needs at least this many wins. And we've got one win away from that. Every single game we play, assuming that we're, you know, not at the end of our season and we're, you know, trying to get one more win on the board. Um, it's just, it's just, you know, whiteboard material sets fires underneath our opponent's yeah. asses. Like let's get Scott Frost fired. Let's be the team that makes Scott Frost get fired. Let's, let's, let's be fair. Let's be fair. None, none of the Big Ten coaches want to get Scott Frost fired. <laughs> Probably not. Not at this point. Yeah. Especially not at this PJ point. Fleck. Yeah. Well, that's only because he looks like what the the scary scarecrow now. Have you seen that Botox face? He is holy yeah, cow. That's that's tough. I feel for the. I almost feel bad for the guy, but not really. Tough life um, being able to afford Botox. But, but you know what? Back to Scott Frost, that, that contract thing. I never would have given a, a, one thought about his contract. And even if somebody requested it and was given it, I still wouldn't have cared and looked at it. The only reason it's interesting is because the answer, you know, is no, that's it. That's the only reason it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I completely get it. It's yeah. it, there, there's a reason, you know, curiosity. Everybody's curious, but, but the USA today to freaking sue to get the information. I mean, that's, that's just, to me, that's the level of, that's a, you know, my take is simple. Frost was like one of the only coaches on the planet that stood up for his players in 2020 and said, no, we want to play knowing full well that the big Ten was fixing to cancel the season. And, you know, if you go against the dogma back in 2020 that, you know, be safe, be safe, can't play, can't play, blah, 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 blah. You know, he, put the target firmly on his back. And I think rags like USA today really ate him alive for it. I think they had a vendetta against him, and they want to know what the metrics are simply so that if he's not meeting one of them, they can constantly keep it out there for everybody to see. But that's just me. That's, that's my take on it. I'm really surprised that there's been no sports writers out of Omaha or Lincoln that did the same thing. I guess 
the only reason Lincoln. they wouldn't have done it is because they didn't want to lose access to the post game pressers and all that stuff. Well, you know, any pressers. My understanding oh. is what spurred the USA Today to actually file the lawsuit is the fact that the Lincoln Journal Star did make a public information request and they were denied along with the USA Today. And USA Today is just taking it further and actually suing the university over it. So, Ken, uh, are you so- trying to insinuate that the USA Today might be pushing COVID? I don't know. Pushing the whole COVID narrative, sure. You know, the same old narrative that we all heard. So, anyway. Strange to think that a newspaper would be pushing narratives. I have no, no idea. No, they, they have no agenda. They There's are all journalistic integrity everywhere. Is this, the offensive, is this the offensive part of the conversation? Something like that, yeah. We'll let, anyway, we'll let, we'll we, let our fans fill in the gaps. Before we tick off anybody else who might listen to this later, let's move into the main topic. Let's get offensive, as in pick offensive players. And, uh, you know, we were talking before the show. I think we had a great game plan to to do this and the fact that we're going to start with the most boring position of all, and that would be quarterbacks. I think we all know exactly which way the uh, cookie is going to crumble when it comes to who the starting quarterback is. And if anybody has any objection, can't we all just basically anoint Casey Thompson as the starter come uh, that first game in Dublin? I. Yeah. Second. I second that notion. Absolutely. I I, I do think the the competition's still open, but I, Casey Thompson's most likely going to win. I, it would take a huge upset for him to lose that spot. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree. And I, I I think you look back at the last four years when you really didn't have somebody that pushed Adrian. Uh, I think there might be a kid in camp that is going to push Casey, which is only going to make him better. And I think Purdy is going to give him all he wants um, in fall camp because I thought he looked pretty efficient. Uh, the little limited amount of time he was able to play in the spring game. So uh, once he's healthy, I think he's going to give. But I, I, I do. I think Casey gets the ball first. But maybe you never know. I mean, we might play well enough in those first three or four games that you could see Chuba get some uh, meaningful snaps too in the second and third quarter. Uh, so yeah, quarterback one. We all we all saying Casey Thompson. Quarterback two. Who do you think is it? Purdy or do you think anybody here thinks Smothers is going to? Jump up there, or maybe even Harburg. Um, I have Purdy. I've got Purdy. I mean, the only way that the only way that that Smothers finds his, himself in the number two slot is if he just suddenly gains like a like a high caliber and accurate arm, because that's the only thing that's holding him back. Chuba clearly has uh, arm talent, whereas Smothers has up to this point not been able to prove any sort of arm talent. Um, but I think that Harburg is probably right there fighting for that number three spot. I would say that Harburg's probably giving Smothers a run for his money at this point. Yeah. You know, Logan Smothers, he's been in the program for a couple of years now and, you know, he's an easy guy to root for, but you know, after, you know, the, what you saw out of him last year and then headed into the spring, you know, nobody saw practice. But when it came down to the spring game, which everybody saw, he did not set the world on fire in that spring game whatsoever. And uh, so just going off of that, I mean, he, he is in a distant three. I mean, I don't, he's, I don't think he's in the conversation for a backup at this point. 
Anybody I, else got any thoughts on quarterback? Go ahead, Tyler. I'm sorry. No, I, first of all, I see it a little bit different than you. I, I'm old enough to remember the first half of that Iowa game. And I remember people going around saying, man, should Logan Smothers have been the starter all year? Like, I mean, right. th- th- that take was out there based on half of the action you saw of him. I mean, it, it, people were really impressed with him. And the, I mean, for sure. Chubba Purdy to come in, and, and again, he definitely looked better in the spring game. And I do have Chubba Purdy slightly edging out Logan Smothers, but I mean, that's a two A two B for me. I that that is a really tight race for me. Henry Harburg is baby fifth string. Like I'm not, I I don't see him anywhere but, in the conversation. I think that's evident by the fact that during the spring game, they didn't even give him a green jersey. There was zero concern. They were running quarterback dives with him. They're like, they had zero concern what happened to Henry Harburg. I don't think they see him in the conversation. Um, I, I do have Purdy, so I mean, I'm not saying you guys are wrong. I just, I just think that's a lot tighter race than you guys make it out to be. I don't, I don't think it's a tight. I don't think it's a tight race. And quite frankly, I think like, there's a good possibility Henrik Harburg can pass uh, Logan Smothers up for third string. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think Logan Smothers fits this offense. I, I just really don't. Yeah, I mean, he had, I guess, from like a, a recruiting standpoint, back when he was being recruited, there was a potential to have a lot stronger of an arm if it could be developed, and we just haven't really seen it. Because, I mean, even in that first half of the Iowa game, it's not like we were watching him throw bombs. I mean, it was all mostly run scheme and, and little, mm-hmm. little like slant routes that were – pretty much a given um and yeah, if, if, if this staff wanted to keep running the ball with the quarterback they'd have kept adrian martinez around for another season right yeah right so i think we're consensus it's thompson to start purdy you know what to be honest with you guys i struggled i thought maybe purdy would give him just enough of a go in uh fall camp that maybe he'd have a shot at starting but i just don't think that's going to happen uh so yeah uh, unanimous it's it's thompson with purdy backing him up and uh, let's move on to uh, the next least boring <laughs> position in the offensive line. Starting at left tackle, for me, I've got Teddy Prohaska starting. How about uh, how about you, Justin? Who do you think starts at left tackle? Are we all pretty much thinking it's going to be Prohaska? I have same. Yeah. Same. I mean, he looks so damn good when we had him in for just a little bit of a sample size. And if he's even back at that baseline. I mean, he was throwing throwing Michigan dudes around like it was nobody's business. Sure, sure. Yeah, I've got Prosca, yep, obviously. So. I, I, I'm with you guys. I, I do, but I do wonder the injury. I mean, it is interesting to see how much development he lost. I just think that the, the depth at that position is so weak that I don't see anyone really having to challenge him. Uh, so I've got him. I don't feel great about it. I, I agree with you, Scott. I think he looked good in the limited action. I just I do worry how much of the injury sent him back and how much he's going to be ready for week one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. If if like I said, if he if he ends up exactly where his baseline was before, he's like hands down like a a a, a good weapon for our offensive line. Luckily um, for him, his first game this year will be the same as his first game last year, and he owned them last year. So. Oh, yeah. He, <laughs> he was pushing them around. So let's be honest here. Teddy Prohaska is our best offensive lineman Yeah, this year. He's, yeah. he's hands down Proven. our best guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, he's if, the yep. Cam Jurgens of 2022 as far as being the most 
durable and the best. Sure. Absolutely. I don't know about durable. Yeah, I don't know about durable. durable but okay. Yeah, yeah, durable was a terrible. Uh, I would word, say if we took our sample size and then like just, you know, extended it from the beginning to the end of the season and use that as like a projected sample size. Absolutely. Compared to right. anybody else that we have on our roster. I think the only person who comes right up next to him would be uh, uh, Nori Nuelli. Like that's and, and it, there's there's a huge gap between the two. Like the only reason why I would say Nori Nuelli would be the next like like provable offensive line talent is just because he didn't fuck things up. Like <laughs> it there was there wasn't a moment where you were like, God dang it, Nuelli, you fucked up, bud. Um yeah. So that yeah, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, that was two f bombs in approximately thirty-five seconds. I have to say, I am impressed. Let's move I was to the other. Myself, you know, I got you. I did. Let's move to the other end of the offensive line and go with right tackle. Um, why don't you start, just, Justin? Who do you think starts at right tackle? Turner Corcoran, and uh, you know, the list at both tackles, starting tackles, is very small. And Turner Corcoran, I mean. He's the obvious choice right there, and I think he's going to win it. The rest of you guys basically agree. I'm 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 in the Corcoran camp too. How about you guys? Yeah, I I think it's Corcoran. I maybe maybe Ben Hart could maybe push him a little bit, but that's that's the only other guy I could see pushing him. The the, the thing with Corcoran, and again, I I actually think he is pushing uh, for the best lineman, but. The thing with him that's just fascinating, I think, is the the speculation of does he play tackle? I think we all know he's going to start, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any question he is a starter. But the question has been, does he move to center? Does he move to guard? I, I'm in the right tackle camp because I saw what our tackles did during that spring game. And I think that you've got to put your two yeah. best linemen, and I think those are our two best linemen, at the tackles, and I think you've got to lynch that in, or else Casey Thompson. We're going to find out who our backup quarterback is going to be if we don't lynch up those tackle spots. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's a fact. So, I mean, yeah, I uh, yeah, I like Corcoran there. Derek, you're the same, and Scott, you guys with Corcoran on that deal? Yeah, I I've got Corcoran, but I literally kept flipping back and forth between Ben Hart and Corcoran just because I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, they're, they're just, they, they did not have a good sample for what they were. Mm -hmm. I would say that Ben Hart was like a big letdown last year, like the biggest offensive line letdown. Uh, But I think the reason why they kept him in for so damn long is because I think what they would see in practice just wasn't, reflecting on game day. Um, and so I would, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Ben Hart actually starts at right tackle. Um, I would not be surprised at all. I think you're wrong, to Scott. Fair, to be fair. I think Ben Hart had much, a much better season after he was benched. Yeah. I'll agree I, with that. I'll agree with that. Agree. He played a little better after being benched. So Scott, I think the reason that Ben Hart was playing tackle is because they didn't feel that Teddy Prohaska was ready to play game yep. action. And so at what at some point, you know, it's like you got to pull that trigger and give that dude experience, you know, flip 
uh, Turner Corcoran from left to right tackle and put uh, Teddy Prohaska in there. And, you know, uh, well, Ben Hart had to ride pine. He was hurting the team too much. I mean, to he, be, hey, to be fair, Turner Corcoran was hurting a team just as bad at left tackle. Yeah. Oh, he, was, he was much better at right tackle than he was left tackle. At yes, left he tackle, was. he was struggling bad. Yeah. And if I, if I remember right, I believe Ben Hart at the end of the year actually had a better PFF grade than what Turner Corcoran. Like overall or just in one game? Overall. So one of the untalked things about Ben Hart, and I think this will go into play, but I have heard a lot of speculation that his wingspan is just not where it needs to be. I won't repeat the nickname I've heard of him in the locker room because uh, it is not a great nickname, but uh, and I don't know if it's true. Uh, uh, Justin, what's I, I've heard they call him T-Rex. Short little stubby arms. Yeah, uh, and again, I don't know if that's true. Who, I, I, that? I heard that speculation. Is that Ben Hart? Ben Hart. Yeah, ben Hart. And I. Oh, I, he, I didn't he, know that. As, as I didn't know he had he a is, short I just, wingspan. I have heard that his wingspan is not there, which is probably one of the reasons he has trouble in that pass protection when you need that separation. Um, I think the thing with Ben Hart is that, from a strength aspect, from a like, hey, you want to go one on one with a guy and bowl him over. I think he probably matches up pretty well which is why he's kind of an intriguing player under the Rayola system where you expect to be a little bit more downhill in the attack versus zone. Sure. Maybe you need a little bit. So I do think he's interesting. I, I, I think he is one of our top five offensive linemen. Um, one of the first ones to sub in for either tackle. Do you I, think I, I that's kind of where he, I've got him? He, he is a great talent. Uh, well, he okay. is a, as good a talent as we have in that room. To, to which is, fair, by the way, to, the offensive line, we're talking about this. And, and I mean, I know we started with, I guess, the bright spots. Prohaska, I mean, if you want to say he's our best lineman, th- this is a bad, this is as bad of an offensive line heading into the season I have ever seen in my life. So if you want to say he's our best, like under most know, years, he is like not a it's star. A stretch. Like he is the best of the burn victims. Like it, 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 it is a, <laughs> it is troubling. To, to, to be you know, fair, I, th- I think Ben Hart is essentially the only backup tackle right now. If something happened to, to Prohaska, I think they move Corcoran back to left and put Ben Hart at right. And if something happens to Corcoran, they're going to bring Ben Hart in. I, 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 okay. I, and you know what I was actually – I wrote down in my notes the height and weight of Corcoran and Ben Hart, and I actually got them mixed up. And so that's why I put Ben Hart as right tackle because I thought he was the – I thought that he was the uh, – the, uh, like I thought that their height and weight difference was like flipped. that flipped. Yes. And so you want the taller, bigger dude on the guard spot where if you've got somebody who can be a little bit quicker, who can sidestep and, and protect yeah. uh, the, the, uh, the edge rush. Okay. I, I just totally mixed that up. Um, so that's so my good. bad, but so I know we're not going to talk about the backup lineman here, but I mean, for, if we were to like bring in a third <laughs> tackle, it, it wouldn't be Ben Hart. I think it would be Kevin Williams. I think he would be the guy. I think he would be really? the third. I I do. Okay. All right. I can see that as well. Let's uh let's jump ahead and get back to that left side of the line and go to the left guard. Uh I am not sure on this one, quite frankly. I kind of was looking and I went back and forth and back and forth. And I think you go with the guy that kind of finished out the year last year in Nordin uh, Nuili, or however the Blazes, you say his name. How about you guys? Where do you stand at left guard? Nordin Nuili. I mean, I don't know why he would lose his job. He he did fine last year. 
he didn't fuck up. <laughs> I Take a drink. I, I definitely have New Ely. I, I I don't know who else to put in there. It's not because he was good. It's just lack of options. Yeah, I mean, if you if I were to speculate, you know, like, oh, could he potentially lose his job to like a Hunter Anthony or a Kevin Williams? Um, sure, it's possible, but proven, I had to go with Newelli because he was a he was a serviceable guard. But you, Tyler, where are you at? Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you guys. I got him. I. He was probably the second toughest option for me, uh, picking him. Uh, he was okay last year. I mean, I don't know what the upside is really with him. I think the thing that's fascinating with him is there's a lot of whispers that he might be losing that spot. And that, in mm-hmm. one hand, is shocking because I don't think he was as impressive as maybe you guys do last year. I think he was not he was the serviceable. worst. He wasn't well, – yeah, yeah, I want to say he was he impressive. Wasn't, he wasn't noticeable. I just wasn't ever mad was, at him. He just he wasn't noticeably awful. Um, I think there's <laughs> a difference. Uh, he was awful, a, just not noticeably. Well, I, think, so. I think honestly, guard is, guard is easier to kind of fall, fly under the radar. Like because you're not giving up oh, yeah. sacks as easy, so it's easier to fly under the radar there. Yeah, but but the thing that's interesting is there's just a lot of smoke that he might be losing that spot. I I I don't know. I don't see it, but um, I, I'm not overly confident. Who would he? Who would you think he would lose his spot to? Would it be Hunter Anthony? I, I think you look at both of the transfers. I think Kevin Williams coming in. I think that uh, yep. or uh, Hunter Anthony. I think Ben Hart is an interesting. I think Corcoran's an interesting move to tackle. And I think a guy who's been practicing a lot of center, Ethan Piper, who did start the year before and was kind of the projected starter, does he fit a little bit better at the downhill game, which I think a lot of people speculate he will. Does he actually fit well there? I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of names. I don't know if any of them are better e- options. Ethan, Ethan Piper isn't one of them, I don't think. But that's just I, Man, I I go back to 2020. When Ethan Piper played versus Noelle in 2021, I feel like I left 2020 thinking Ethan Piper was better than I feel like Newell was after 2021. But it doesn't it doesn't shock you a little bit that he lost his job to Newell and never got it back. He, you're right, which is why I have him there. Right, I mean that, that is 100 percent why I have him there. But we have a new offensive line. It's, so not, it's, it's not even like he lost his job before the season started. He lost it mid season. Like you suck. Sit down. Yeah. 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 Wasn't that about the same time Prohaska got to start at left tackle too? They kind of did revamp so. that entire yeah. left side, didn't yeah. they? Yep. Yeah. Seriously, offensive line was the hardest thing for me to try and figure out because yeah, you're too. really picking at scraps. Like the t- tackles were easy. Center's going to be easy. It's the guards that is going to be the biggest. Guards challenge. was tough for me. It I, was. I kind of. Newelli yeah. was like the only one that I just like off the top of my head was like, well, he's going to be in a guard position. Yeah, let's, let's, get let's the finish right off guard. with right guard then. Yeah, right guard, yeah. yeah. At right guard for me, uh, I'll just kick this off. I've got I've got Kevin Williams starting at right guard, so I might be in the minority here, but that's who I think is going to lock that spot down. That's who I got, Ken. I, I agree one hundred percent with you. That's it, cool. it, it, it was either him or Hunter Anthony, but I, I like Kevin Williams a little bit better right now. 
I have I have Ethan Piper. I mean, he's got a lot of starting experience at Nebraska. Another year under his belt. I mean, he, I think yeah, shit. When we get down into it, there's not a lot of choices here. Uh, I'm not buying the transfers quite yet. To okay, make the starting yeah. lineup. I'll go next. I got Brock Bondo. Um, I mean, yeah. so he, really? he started the screen game at guard. Um, I just can't see it. I. I I, I thought about him too. I just he's been he's, he's guys, been here pushing he's been here, for, he's been here for 15 years and he's played like two snaps. Yeah, I mean <laughs> I, I think we've been I mean he, he's a guy that you you know I think that three years ago, maybe maybe it was 2019, I think there was like a lot of hype around him. Like a lot of people thought he was that guy. Um he never he, he was never he was close to a four-star recruit coming in. Yeah, he you know he, he just has never material- he just has never panned out. I I, Maybe yeah, this I, is his I, year. Maybe I, I'm wrong. Maybe this is his year. The, the single hardest position is right guard. And, and again, it, but the, the, the backup name to me was Ben Hart. I, I really do. I mean, Derek, I'll give you credit for this because you made this comment. When you remember Zach Stirrup, a former St. Cecilia graduate also, Blue big, Hawks. tall dude. No no one thought, like, when they moved him to guard, like, he's too tall. There's no way it's going to work. He excelled at guard. Yeah. And maybe, he, made, he made the NFL because got him, yeah. got him to the NFL and he played yeah, and for a I, while. I, I kind of wonder if Ben Hart could be that. Um, he could be a guy that moves in because I think again, he is one of the five most talented linemen. And I, I that kind of said that I think he's over Bondo as uh, one of my top five, but yeah, he is uh, but yeah, I'm gonna but I'm gonna stick with him. I think the guard experience kind of gives him in there. He started the spring game, I think he at least gets the first crack at it. All right, so we got three different names Scott, at right guard. Yeah, Scott, Scott, do you have a fourth? Or are you going with one of those three? Yeah, I'm going with uh, I'm going with Ben Hart. Um, just wow. because of talent. I if if uh, there's a lot of guys who have experience, game experience, and whatnot. But really, with our new offensive line coach, we have absolutely no idea what he's thinking and how he wants to structure his offensive line. And maybe if, if we were to base it off of if, if he is a, an offensive line coach that can extract potential from somebody, let's just give him the benefit of the doubt and say, that is his coaching ability, which is a lot to say. That's a lot to yep. ask. But if I were to drink some Kool-Aid and say, you know what, Donovan Riola, he's going to extract the most potential from talent. Well, then Bryce Benhart wins that that guard. Donovan Riola has the least enviable job. No on kidding. Staff. Yeah, on what he's on what he's inheriting oh. right here. I mean, the staff they they left him jack shit for talent at, at, on the offensive line. It's it's scary. There, there's a lot of stars there. There, there is a lot of. There's stars. You just got done saying this is the worst offensive line headed into a country as far as you can. Oh, I, I agree. Worst proven I, 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 offensive line potential. We have a talent potential that is got a lot of stars. Guys, we've been riding off this potential talent thing for like ten years yeah. now. No, we haven't. I, I, I mean, I think we've seen. We, I remember when they started bringing in guys like the Ben Hart's and then the Corker, and there's like, man, there, there's potential in three or four years, and that we're getting three, four years in. I, I again, not no confidence. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree, Troy. I agree, Troy. Troy, Troy. I think, 
Good point. Yeah. Good, and and the problem you. is, Troy, is that those three guys were all here when we didn't have good offensive line. And so I, I don't know what to make of it, but like we've had talent. You're you're a hundred percent right. Ken, you should read that response for the uh, people listening on the podcast version. Troy Zugliotti uh, jumped in, and that's like the all-last name. He's on the all-last name team of viewers. Uh, <laughs> and that is uh, Matt. I guess he's talking about Matt Farniak, Brendan Hymas, and Cam Jurgens are all playing in the NFL. Players have not been the problem, in his opinion, and I completely agree. I think, I think the coaching has certainly let these kids down, um, and I think, who knows? I mean, and considering that coaching was the thing that we all believe has let them down and we're going with a giant question mark as the offensive line coach is going to be going to be interesting come come Dublin, Ireland to see what this offensive line actually is able to do and how much cohesiveness there is. I've heard a lot of Kool-Aid from players and whatnot that have been interviewed on podcasts about how they're very cohesive. They're very together. They do everything uh at the same time, whether they're practicing or they're walking on the field, they're just, they have really emphasized on being together and moving as a unit. So we'll see how that ends up looking in the games. I'm, I'm doing my best to stay skeptical, but it's hard because, <laughs> you know, this is the time of year you're getting ready. You're ramping up to fall camp. It's easy to get excited. And quite frankly, uh, one of the positions I'm quite excited about is uh, the next one we're going to talk about, which is uh, center, because we have no flipping clue in many ways. Who? Wait a minute. I did that wrong. My bad. Tight uh, center. Why don't we start with you, Tyler? And I have a feeling we're all going to probably go the same way. I mean, uh, who I, do you have starting? I, I got Trent Hickson. Um, Ethan Piper, I think, will compete. I think Ethan Piper's a really good backup. Um, but I, I think Trent Hickson, this is his time. Returning to the starting lineup after four years on the, he started three years ago, and now he's back. Yep, I'm with you, Tyler. I've got I've got uh, Trent Hickson as well starting. Anybody else have anybody different? I have Trent Hickson. Trent, that was like yeah, that was one of that was the easiest one. For me, it was because we don't have a lot of options, guys. There's there's not a lot of options at center. I've heard Noelle was taking a few snaps here early in spring, so who knows? Um, and I've also heard Ethan Piper's name come up in that discussion as well. But um, anybody, Derek, did you? Would you say Hickson as well, or did you have somebody different? Uh, you know, honestly, I'll go with Ethan Piper here. I think Ethan Piper okay. beats him out. I, it's it's mostly coming down to athleticism. They like okay. to have an athletic center, and I think Ethan Piper's a more athletic guy. I was never truly impressed with, with, with Hickson on the, on the line. And I do think Ethan Piper could be a step up from him. It's, it's going to be a matter of – the only thing that's going to come down to is snaps. Can Ethan Piper snap the ball? Because I know Trent Hickson can snap the ball well. Hmm. Sure. Sure. Well – Crap, now that I've actually got that updated to reflect the proper people who picked the proper person, now I'm going to make it go away again. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's almost unanimous until Derek. Almost unanimous. There's got to be some little debates here, right? We can't all agree on everything. Well, I'm, I don't care so much about the debate as much as I like doing the banners, and it's way easier to just type the word panel instead of everybody's name. So, get in line. 
<laughs> well, anyway. I like making your job harder. Okay, Ken. I, I I I noticed that, and that's fine. I don't mind. I don't mind at all. So next up, we've got tight end. We're kind of starting to move a little bit outside toward those interesting positions toward the end of this broadcast here, which I can't wait to get to. Uh, but tight end, I mean, we're going to get the two. Let's talk about the two deep. Who do you guys think runs out there first? Scott. So how do you want to do this, Ken? Do you just want to like go to each person, give their one and two, or do you want to talk about everybody's one first, then second, or what? How about we just why don't we do each give our why don't we just do our one and two just for kicks and giggle, giggles and then and then we'll go from there. So Scott, who's your top and then who's your second tight end to run out there? Um uh, so top is Vokalek. Um he's my number one um just because of experience and uh serviceability. Um, mm-hmm. but number two is actually really hard just based on what I saw in the spring game, which once again is a really hard thing to interpret. Doesn't, it can mean a lot or mean nothing at all. Um, uh, but mm-hmm. I, I actually have either Nate Borkature or AJ Rollins running, running out there as number two, just because of how athletic Gotta they look. Got to pick one. I ain't typing. That uh, I'm going to go with Borkature. <laughs> Borkature. Borkature. You yeah. picked the hardest name to type. <laughs> Jerk. I, can't, I know I'm going to misspell it, and I don't care. So uh, so Vokalek and Borkature. How about you, Derek? Uh, Vokalek, I don't think there's any argument there. He's going to be the starter. Uh, it, it would be Fedoni if I thought he was going to be healthy, but it sounds like his right. health is still going to be an issue. Uh, so I'm, I'm gonna go with Chris Hickman. I think Chris Hickman finally gets a shot. I think he's get settled in at tight end. He's gonna stick around there, and I, I think it's his time to shine. Can you Great. believe that guy's listed as a sophomore still? Yeah, yeah. thanks. Seems COVID. like that dude's been in the program forever. <laughs> yeah, same, no doubt. same as uh, Nick Henrik. Yeah, no doubt, absolutely. Um, Justin, what do you think? I have Travis Vokalek and I have AJ Rollins. Uh, the tight end. I mean, there, there's guys, there's like fan favorites, you know, like Chancellor Brewington. Everybody loves him. But, you know, I mean, he's he's a guy that will come out in like special packages to like light somebody up blocking, but they don't throw right. to him a lot. Uh, you know, I mean, maybe he doesn't have quite the size. For, for whatever reason, they just don't throw at him. But he's like one of the most exciting tight ends to watch out there. But he's kind of like the specialty guy. Uh, I'm, Derek, I'm with you with like Fedoni. I mean, if he can get healthy, maybe he can get some action at the end of the year. But if we're if we're talking about the starters headed into Northwestern, he's not in my, you know, he's not even on my depth chart uh, hmm. headed into Northwestern. But I mean, the future's bright with that kid, right? I mean, next year when we're doing this, he's going to be probably he's probably going to be our overall uh, unanimous uh, starting tight end, but. Okay. Not this year. All right. Well, I'll I'll just say real quick. I'm with Derek. I've got Vokalek and Hickman. Vokalek one, Hickman two. How about you, Tyler? Yeah, I mean Vokalek's easily. Vokalek's actually, I think, underrated. I think he's kind of flown under the radar. He's I'm pretty happy with him this year. Um, I want to go Fedoni because I think not only will he like Justin said, should be. But I think by the end of the year, he is the number two tight end. I think all reports mm-hmm. are that he is going to play. But since we're, I'm really thinking of this as game one, I'm going to go Chancellor Burrington. And Justin, you kind of like poo-pooed that. 
Like, let's not forget, this is a guy who had 250 yards as a wide receiver at uh, Northern Arizona. Like, this is a transfer who came in, and he's made himself, like, into a tight end. And, and again, mm-hmm. I, I know that you're like, oh, Northern Arizona, but we're about to get the wide receiver, and we're going to salivate over IGA's uh, stats in uh, Northern Arizona. Uh, <laughs> Root beer. <laughs> where, wherever the hell he was at. New Mexico State, same hot-ass desert. Uh, one's FBS, mm-hmm. one's FCS. Okay, they're, they're they're both hot. I again, my point is, is I, I don't feel great about it. AJ Rollins is a good choice. I I, I think that's an interesting one. Um, Karis Tickman, I actually really like that pick. Um, mm. I, again, I think there's a lot of competition for that, but I, I'm gonna go. I I am most confident that Brewington is going to play. I I don't know how much he's gonna play, but I am most confident if a someone has to take snaps. He is going to be that guy. I have no doubt he's going to take snaps, just like he did last year. But I think he'll be used just like he was last year. I just think not that, as a receiving and, and goal line stances to blow somebody up. I mean, again, he was a wide receiver. I mean, that like I, I, I mean, get it. I mean, but he should have he, some he, should have he, some hands. He's yeah. your best. He's your best lead blocker on the team. Yeah, roll him out a little bit, and I mean, I don't. Again, I I think Fedoni will be in that spot. It's kind of a moot point i think we just need to get four or five weeks in and then he's going to be there all righty well son of a gun we are to what i think is going to be the position that might stimulate the most uh discussion and who knows maybe we've all got the same six guys but uh we're going to talk about the two deep on the wide receiver position Best we just position do... on offense Can we just I get that out of the way that. Wait, deep. say that again, Tyler. This deep like the, the ocean. It's the deepest, but I'm not sure if it's the best yet. If you guys are thinking um, running back is, then I, I mean, I, I like what yep. running back is. It's a lot better, but running back, it's like, how do you go from the worst position group to the best with, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Anyway, we'll get into that, but I mean, I Coach like it. I like it. Grant, um, <clears throat> wide receiver, why don't we do it this way? Why don't you guys, we'll go around the table real quick and we each give our first three that we think are going to run out and then we'll go back around and we'll uh, each, each of us will give our second three that are going to run out. I'll kick this off and I've gone back and forth, back and forth, but I think the first three guys that walk run out onto the field will be Marcus Washington, uh, Omar Manning and Trey Palmer. Uh, I'm not sure which one will be the X or the Z, but I'm pretty sure Palmer is going to play the slot for the most part this year. So that's who I have as my top three. Uh, Scott, why don't you go ahead and throw your top three out there? Uh, I've got Omar Manning, Trey Palmer, and Alante Brown. All righty. Brown, Manning, and what's the other one? I'm typing. Alante Sorry. Brown. Okay, cool, cool. Um, any Anybody else have anybody different besides those four guys that Scott and I have, have mentioned? So I, I, I want to talk about wide receivers here because until I did this little exercise of like jotting down, putting pen to paper on who, uh, where I was going to put as starters and uh, the backups, I never felt so worried about our wide receivers <laughs> until I did this. Because, you know, 
me and Derek, we've had this like this long conversation about going, I like to put these receivers in like tiers, you know, like projected starter, probable starter, and possible starter. And there's mm-hmm. like a there's like the lines get blurried right there uh between those. This is not a scary group at all. Uh, if you look at it, like I, Omar Manning last I, year, I, I find that funny because you're going to go around and turn and turn it around on, on running back and talk about how deep they are. And they're about as proven as these wide receivers are about as proven. They're half as proven. Okay. So let me, let me finish here. I mean, if, if we're talking about all of these guys that could be in the top three and there's a lot of names that you could really plug and play in here. Trey Palmer, you know, Trey Palmer had, you know, a little over 300 yards at LSU. Uh, Omar Manning had 380 yards last year. And then everybody else, I mean, you have uh, Isaiah Castronado Garcia coming in. He didn't participate in spring ball, uh, but he had like 580 yards, whatever he had at New Mexico State, the uh, one that Tyler wants to compare to Northern Arizona because they're hot. (laughs) They play in hot climates. And some of these other guys, and there's there's nobody that's coming back in this group that is like is like wow that guy is going to be a flat out baller, and we have names because you know they have a little bit of action, but so using my so who criteria, are we supposed to pick then Justin? So using my criteria for like a projected starter, okay, I have Trey Palmer. Trey Palmer, I think he's going to be the guy, and the reason I'm saying that is because of what we gathered out of the spring game. You know, he was in for a couple series and they got his ass out just like Casey Thompson. They got their, right. their proven guys out probable starters. I got Omar Manning in there. I think he's a probable starter. I don't know if his, uh, I don't know if he's sealed. I mean, this guy's a, he's a senior now. He's been, he's been in the program for a while, junior college transfer, but he's, Never lived up to the potential that ever, that all the Husker fans have put on this guy ever since we got him out of uh, JUCO, right? And then it comes down to that third spot, and that is like a plug-and-play. I mean, it, I could not find a definitive starter. So it comes out of my little tier of possible starters, and none of them are highly interesting, and I'm putting Oliver Martin in this group just because kind of like uh, Omar Manning, he's just been around forever. He's never lit the world on fire, but he's been around for quite a while. And so th- those are my three guys right there, but it- it's not a scary group. I, I, I'll disagree with you when it comes to Martin simply for the sake that he did kick off the season last year against Illinois. Bad game for the Huskers, but he had a great game. 135 yards receiving. He got injured to the point where his leg was basically not flexible at all until the very end of the season. I think Martin was poised to have a good year last year, and maybe if he's healthy this year, he could have he could have a good year this year, but I don't have him in the starting three simply. The reason I went with Washington as, as my first pick is because of all the receivers in that room, uh, Casey Thompson's likely going to have the most um, what ability with him. Uh, um, they and he's a guy that didn't participate in spring ball. Wasn't so, even on campus. Didn't you know? Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. The power curve on learning I, of the offense. I, I get that, but you just said this is the this is the receiver the position group you have the least 
amount of confidence in, I think you would be a little more confident in a guy that's actually played with who's going to be our quarterback. So that's why I picked Washington more than I picked any of the other guys is he's played with Thompson. They're going to have some uh, rapport with one another. So um, anyway, let's see here. We've got three of us that have gone so far, right? Uh, me, Scott, and Justin. How about you, Tyler? Who do you've got in the uh, top three coming out? I, I mean, I've got the exact same three as Justin. Um, okay. I just my stance on those three is completely different than Justin. Like, I think that is a really solid Big Ten wide receiving crew. Like, I I mean, you look at those three and you're like, man, that's like a it's kind of ragtag. I think that's a really good group. Um, Trey Palmer's clearly our number one wide receiver. Um, I I I think I think Omar Manny's their second best wide receiver, and, and then I have Oliver Martin there. I really could have interchange Oliver Barton with a couple guys. Um, I think there'll be about a couple guys that will really take equal snaps as him. But I, again, I think, I mean, I, I'm not saying that there's this, this is three NFL guys, but I mean, I look around the big 10. I'm like, well, I, I like this receiving court more than what Iowa is going to roll out there and more than what Wisconsin is going to roll out there. I mean, I think this is one of the top four or five wide receiving crews in the big 10. I mean, so your tier group is a lot like mine. You got a projected guy, a possible. Yeah, I I, I get, I just, but, but what you think of those guys upside is different. You're like, man, I don't feel great about it. I think honestly, what I think of this year, I think of 2018, if you guys go back to 2018, you, you, you had uh, Stanley Morgan go over a thousand yard, JD Spielman go over 800. I kind Mm -hmm. of, I, I don't know if I see that kind the same production, but I think Trey Palmer pushes that 900 bearing. I think Omar Manning kind of gets that 600, 700 mark. And then I think you get like a few guys instead of like that 120 yards they put up in 2018. I think there's a few guys that get like 200 yards receiving and mix it out. Um, yeah, that, I, I I like Trey Palmer. I'm really psyched on him. I think that he, him coming in is a really good restart. I think he's going to be like a Wandale Robinson from LSU. I think I'm psyched for him. I would be shocked if we had two guys that combined for, you know, uh, fifteen hundred yards. Whatever, whatever you said. No, that's uh, about what I would have thought. I, I think yeah, I would be two, shocked if we had two guys. I'd be shocked if we had two guys that combined for twelve hundred yards. Well, so what do you think we're gonna throw? Do you think get the fuck out of here, Justin? I with can't. The, with Derek the with go. the offense, you're not gonna have to do this. Get twelve hundred. I can't. You I guys can't are spicy. I can't with. I can't with him. Wait, you loved <laughs> Trey Palmer three weeks ago. Three weeks yeah, ago, you're about to get a tattoo with him across your forehead. I, I yeah, and now I you're mean, like, oh yeah, he's gonna go for four hundred yards. He's, he's no. a bum. I mean, you you can still go for like seven hundred, and then the next best wide receiver go five hundred. That's twelve hundred. That's twelve hundred. That's what I said. Yeah, you said you'd be shocked well, if we had that. Apparently, our quarterbacks are only gonna throw for about two thousand yards. This year. Yeah. That's gonna be We're a long the worst year. passing offense we'll Nebraska's see. ever had. You have to go back to Tom Osborne. Ken, <laughs> I'm with you. Ken, I'm 100 with you. I, I, okay. I, I don't think there's an argument. I, I, I disagree with Justin. I don't think Omar Manning and Trey Palmer are on two different levels. I think they're both starters. I, don't, I think it's hard to argue. You look at those two guys and you see and go, oh, who's going to start above them? There's nobody going to start above them. Uh, mm-hmm. The third guy is, is is a little more skeptical, but I, I'm going with you. Like Marcus Washington, he's already played with with Casey Thompson. He's he's had a couple of receiving touchdowns from Casey Thompson. Had a couple of hundred yard games. 
Yeah, like like why yeah. would this guy not be be in there with him? I, I I that's I think that's half the reason he transferred here. If there's anybody in my opinion that's going to give him a run for his money, it's going to be Alante Brown getting in there with him instead of him. I, but yep, yep, I'm with you. I am with you. But, but, that. but to, and but to I, me, and like that's the only reason why. Yeah, that's the only but, reason why I picked Brown is just because. Of why? why well, yeah. Why Mark. are you guys picking Brown? Uh, I'm picking Brown just because. It, I mean, best case scenario with with Marcus Washington is he shows up, gets the playbook down right away. You know, like just absorbs it all right away. Understands what he what his role and his position is, and is able to transition his talent to the field. Mm-hmm. Um, Alante's been here a while and his, he was plagued by, you know, a nagging injury all of last year and, or for a majority of last year, however that played out, I don't really remember. Um, and honestly, I picked Alante Brown just because of bias favoritism. I like the dude. I think he's a cool dude. Um, I'm sorry, but let me translate Justin for you. So Justin's stance is (laughs) if you're not an all American already, and you haven't played yet. Even so, if you played, you haven't produced enough. And if you haven't played, you're a bum. So you can't win unless you're an all-American returning. Like that's the only way you're worth a shit. <laughs> I, I, right, get right. Right. I, mean, I, I get that. I get that pessimistic I, viewpoint. I, I I understand the glass is half empty. You know, like that is that is how I tend to think of things. Um, so I've I've actually I I completely empathize with with Justin's yeah, overall because, takes at this point. If you I'm going to also add that I'm going to buy a little into the uh, all the spring talk of him about how much he's improved. And did, did you see that in the spring game? Did we see anything in the spring game, really? We didn't see shit in we the spring game. We saw stuff squat. that was so vanilla, they forgot to put the vanilla in. It was terrible. It was unwatchable football. If, if you're so basically base the so whole season... It. If you're basing the whole season off the spring game, then you just want to go put your head in the sand so, and wait for your fucking prom, dude. I tell you what, I would rather fan. base things off the spring game of something what I can see instead of like what the coach speak is at the during the spring. Nobody's watching the, the practices. All you have to hear are other players like pump everybody but, else. They, by, they go but, by, but, 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 they go by your standard. Year. Going by your standard, there's no way Casey Thompson's starting the season. There's no way they let him play three plays and pulled him. It was like, yeah, that's our starter. I mean, that's what yeah. I would deduce out of that. If there's like, okay, yeah, th- that's our confirmed starter. We don't need to see any more. Honestly, I make my preseason like guesses because that's really all I'm doing is guessing. Is just honestly off of intuition. Like that's it. That like I can use I, the spring game as kind of a lens. I can way. use. I can use the previous season as a lens, which last year we really didn't have much to go off of. So this year, really, the only thing that I can really truly guess when it comes, especially with the wide receiver room, like it's a freaking weird room, Uh, tons of potential, but nothing that's really been proven up to this point. Really, all I can do is what's my intuition and what's behind my intuition, my emotions. So like, Mm -hmm. how do I feel about a guy? Well, I kind of like Elante Brown. So that's why I picked him. Do I like you Oliver? A, Martin? You don't need to justify it. That that is a very solid pick. Um, Ken, I'm gonna kick off the backups here. Go for it, man. And I'm all fired up. Justin does this to me. Um, yeah, he's 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 all. He does it because you love you, man. You know that. No, he doesn't. 
he gave me swirlies <laughs> and wedgies as a kid, he, and he now does. I'm a lot bigger than him. And he, he doesn't. He, he really does it because he likes getting kicked in the nuts. Like it, it's it's a <laughs> hobby of his. <laughs> don't yeah. kill me, guys! So, Please so, don't so, kill me. I got Alante Brown and Marcus Washington, two guys you guys named the starters. I, I had Oliver Martin. I think those two guys are really in the conversation. The sixth guy I think is really kind of a moot point. I brought this up when we did defense about a month ago, and I highly encourage anyone to go listen to that. So I think we gave the best predictions, better than any magazine out there. But the, the, like to me, the sixth wide receiver is only to be used in case of injury. And I'm going to go Brody Bell. There's a oh. lot of name. There's a lot of names out there, but DB David Benning has been all over this guy. Sure, I, I think that. I mean, he thinks he's one of our four best wide receivers. <clears throat> I think he actually has some starting. I, I think there's a lot of talk about him. I actually thought he played pretty well in the limited action that he played last year. I, I, I like Brody Bell, um, and, and and I cannot. The, the the other name that I wanted to put in there is Janarian Bonner. And I had this custom with, conversation with Justin and Derek. I can't get my head around playing a true freshman five to seven snaps a game. And maybe that's what yeah. we should be doing. But he's he's the other guy that I'm kind of there. Uh, IGC, uh, Isaiah Garcia, he's in that conversation. But I'm going to go Brody Belt. I'm, I'm just going to speak for Justin here and say, if Brody Belt is in the top four, shut the program down. <laughs> Well, David Benny, David um, Benny today said that he is. I, I think David Benny still has him as a starter. So, well, Justin, Justin will shut his TV off and quit being a Husker fan if Brody Belt is a starter on day one. Hey, I would, I would not be shocked if he takes that number three slot after uh, Trey Palmer, Omar Manning. It, it's wide open after that. There's nobody out um, there that so. I yeah. I must have missed it, Tyler. Your three, your second three is Brody uh, Belt. Uh, Brown, and Brown Washington Belt. Brown Washington. Brown. Belt. I thought you said that. I just yeah. wasn't okay. sure if that's what I heard. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I I actually. So with Go my ahead, three, uh, I've got, which, going to uh, kind of prequel my view of running backs, but uh, so f- my my backup three is. Weirdly enough, so I've got Oliver Martin, Camonte Grimes, and potentially, so we got IGC, but it would not surprise me if if uh, if Ramir Johnson ends up over in a slot receiver position a lot, a lot, almost being like a wide receiver, but not officially. But just based on how many snaps we get as a so he's wide the duck receiver, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't think Mark Whipple I, I, doesn't know what the fuck a duck R is. Okay, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, Scott, but he likes you're, to you're, throw some of those. He you're, does you're, like to throw some of those sideline routes. So let's, let's go. Let's you guys go. I can't. Ramir Johnson's got great hands, man. He's got great yeah, he hands, and so it's like, why not? Why not move him over? He's proven. He's an athletic dude. He's stupid quick. If he could figure mm-hmm. out route running, it would not surprise me if he was number six. All right. I, ahead, I, don't, I don't. I don't hate that oh, pick. Sorry, yeah, I, re- I really don't. It's a hot take. That's really all. I, I, it is. It's I, I just a spicy him, hot take. I wouldn't put him in my top six, but I do think you'll see him over there a little bit. Yeah. All right. Go ahead, Justin. All right. So for my backup uh, three, and these are basically the alternates that we're going to fit in for Oliver Martin as my third wide receiver, and and 
Marcus, and this is in the order that I would have them in. Marcus Washington, Isaiah Garcia, Castaneda. I think what I think Castaneda can be starting by the end of the year. I think what hurt him was sitting out in spring with the uh, right uh, with the injury. You know that kind of set him back a little bit. But headed in Northwestern, uh, you know he's going to be probably that fifth guy until he can you know do his thing. But uh, I, I love the ceiling of Castaneda, even though he played at New Mexico State. And then my sixth guy is Alante Brown. I mean, I, I think that guy can be in there. But, you know, Alante Brown and Brody Belt at this level. I mean, Alante Brown, Brody Belt, and Wyatt Lever are, like, tied for my sixth best guy. All righty. Fair. All righty. I could, I could definitely see those three being backups as well. Um, Derek, go ahead. I, I got Oliver Martin, IGC, and Alante Brown. Already? Well, you just made it easy for me. Now I can just add your name to Justin's because I know you love him. Um, <laughs> mine, I think I've got the same. Yeah, I've. you know what? I've got Martin Brown and uh, IGC as well. I've got well, IGC wait. as the sixth guy, Martin but I've as... got Martin as the fourth. I have you Martin have... as the Oh, starter, you had Washington. My bad, my bad. Don't put, don't put Derek's name on my shit. Sorry. Please. Sorry. <laughs> what can I say? I'm under the influence of red Gatorade. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it does the trick. Well, it's better than Kool-Aid, right? At least I get the. It's got electrolytes. Um, I don't yeah, want to I'm, tip I'm, our I'm, hand to running backs, but like, I find it. I had Bonner. Do you guys see? I, I do you guys see a wide receiver, true freshman, either him, Crawford, Victor Jones, any of them? So, so we're shaping up here. Between the big red round table, I really believe, unless somebody pulls a shocker at running back, that we're going to have no true freshman playing this year. <clears throat> so I'm going to add to that. I, I think you're right, Tyler. I mean, as far as meaningful time. So you even add Bonner, Crawford, and Jones. I, I know uh, Scott had uh, Grimes in there, but I think Kamani, Grimes, and Hardy, I think they're left out of the picture also. Don't, don't you think Bonner – I mean, I, I, mean I, I, I just – I find it fascinating – for a team that, especially at some of these positions, like you're like eh, they didn't crush it last year. That you think that none of the new guy, like that these true freshmen, like other schools, four star freshmen come in and play, and, and we're like, not nah, not in Nebraska. I mean, we're I mean we're we're, we're okay. too stacked to have a four star play right away. I, I don't know. It, well, and we and I I'm on that boat too. I just I I wouldn't be I just, shocked if like a Bonner or Crawford do creep in there and. So who would you not – okay, so typically Brody Nebraska, Bell. they Brody play Bell. like five or six guys, right? Five or Brody, six guys. Brody Belt's the name I knock out. I, I put Bonner in over Brody Belt. I, I was half tempted to do that for my sixth guy. So who were your backups? Let me read on my, the back. My Belt, is Belt Brown and Washington. Yeah. I'm sorry, I, say I, that again? Belt, Brown, Washington. I don't have Isaiah Garcia Casanado in my top six. You don't have him in top – Okay. I, I guess I didn't realize that. Yeah, I mean, I, he could be. I, I wouldn't shock me. I think he's. I mean, I think he's a good talent. I mean, um, I just it's a matter. It's a matter to be. Like I said, it, he was in that conversation. There's a lot of. <laughs> I honestly think that you didn't realize that New Mexico State was an FBS school until we hit record. I we've had this conversation. I, I have not been high on him. I have not been as high on him as you. Guys you know, he said. has the most yards last year out of anybody playing on our. Uh, on our offense. Hey, Justin, do you know I was an all-district offensive lineman at some small-ass school, too? 
Oh, yeah, and, and high school. That's uh, that's what you're talking about right now with New Mexico State. You're talking about like he's he had 500 yards. He's he didn't he wasn't smoratory crushing this competition. Again, maybe he will be. I the, the, this goes back to the what reason I love this room because there is eight or nine game guys that I really like in this room, and, and I think it's deep. I think it's talented. I don't. I mean, you take out Ohio State. I, maybe I'm bullish here. Maybe it's the bourbon tonight, but I mean, I, I really do. I think I put our wide receiver room. It, it, to me, it's a, clearly the best position. And, and, and the fact that I don't have Isaiah Garcia Casanato in my top six is evident of how good I think this room is. Because I think he is a good talent. I think he starts at Iowa. I think he's a starter well, for some other Big Ten teams. I don't have him in my second string. Lost in this whole conversation that we've been having about wide receiver, and lost, especially in in some of the pessimism that I've heard from a certain member of the cast, is the fact that we've got that wild card in the wide receiver room in their coach, and the fact that he's one of the best in the country. Um, he's he's a developer. Uh, I could see, I could see a guy like Janoran Bonner being one that really takes to his system and jumps in there and actually gets a lot of meaningful snaps about halfway through the year. But I I just don't see. I'm not sure how Mickey Joseph handles true freshmen. Has he played a lot of true freshmen in his in his background? I never looked all that closely. Uh, but I think when all is said and done, I think he's going to go with the proven guys. He's going to go with the guys that really jump on to his coaching style and work with him, which is why I think somebody like an Omar Manning, uh, somebody like a, a, an Oliver Martin even, is going to really benefit from the fact that Mickey Joseph is here. I would not be surprised to see somebody like an Oliver Martin in the top three by the time the, the season is, is over. Plus, those guys so, are like 23, 24 years old. I mean, that helps. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's, against 18, 19 he's one of the most athletic people on the entire team, too. Yeah, I he, mean, his his scores and, and some of the uh, agility drills and stuff last year were eye-popping. The fact that he got yeah. hurt in the first game sucked because I thought he was poised to be that guy that, you know, puts up seven, 800 yards like a Spielman would do regularly. But anyway, this has been fun, but I think the fun is really about to get uh, ramped up a bit because for me, and I, I respectfully disagree with you, Tyler, but I think running back is the best position on the team. It's got, uh, it's got at least one guy that's pretty proven in Ramir Johnson. You know, he's, he's got plenty of talent, got plenty of wiggle. Uh, we, of course, for someone like him, it's always been it's always been um, what longevity, durability. It's kind of been his problem, especially last year. He got beat up pretty badly uh, by the end of the season. So, uh, starting with you, Justin, why don't we just let's just go around the table and pick our starter, just our starter, and then we'll go back around and go second and then third string. So, who do you have starting? Ramir Johnson. Day it's one? his job. It's it's his spot to lose, in my opinion. I mean, the way that he finished up the season last year, he can do it all. Uh, Scott, you were talking about his hands. Yes, he can catch the ball. Uh, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to be catching the ball out of the backfield. He can run mm-hmm. it up the middle as what he's shown last year. Uh, I mean, I, it's his job to lose. I mean, our running backs, as many guys that we played last year, there's really only one dude that really shined. Yep, And that's Ramir Johnson. Mostly due to injury, but yeah, I agree with you. Um, 
I mean, I agree with you. I mean, we're, I'm we're not talking about Irvin in a second, but did Irvin blow your mind at all? The time that he no. played? hell he no, was he getting didn't. there. He was getting there. I thought he was getting there. I thought he was showing something in that OU game until he went down. Yeah. I thought he was looking a little better, but then again, let's give, let's give the kid a little bit of a break. He didn't exactly have an offensive line in front of him. That was worth six craps from Sunday. So uh, half the time they were getting blown up into the backfield and he was trying to make things work. And it's hard to do as a 18 year old coming out of high school to try to figure out how to line. Yeah, he did, but they had kind of figured some things out by the time he got in there. Um, in my opinion, that's just my opinion, but, um, so you've got Johnson starting. Who else has uh, Ramirez Johnson starting in amongst the panel? Okay, you've got Not him, Derek. There. Oh, the the Husker Cuz cast unanimous. <laughs> I'm going to be the outlier. I think I think uh, I think Grant gets it done. I think Grant runs out there first. How about you, Scott? What do you think for uh, running back? Uh. Honestly, I don't know what to think um, <laughs> because with Brian Applewhite, like it's kind of hard to read the guy and and exactly what his uh, like his prototypical apex running back would look like. Um, obviously, he just wants a guy who's who's going to get the job done. Obviously, um, Ramir Johnson has proven that he can get the job done, um, but. I if I were to if I were to be a running backs coach, which I'm not, and I don't know diddly squat about it, and I were to interpret, well, what kind of running back do I need in the Big Ten to be successful? Um, I think you need a bigger guy. And mm-hmm. Ramir Johnson is athletic. He showed he's capable, but why is it that he doesn't have uh, you know, like an Amir Abdullah type of uh stat line? And I think it's honestly just because He's just a little bit undersized. Um, and I really struggled in size though. Amir Abdullah had about 10 pounds on him. He's like 195. Um, He's and Johnson, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ramirez he was sitting right struggling at about, to get to 180. Yeah, Ramir struggling like at best on a on you know, like on a full stomach and a wet t shirt, <laughs> like he's at about 185. And if I were Brian Applewhite trying to interpret the Big Ten and what he wants in a guy, I i mean, it's obviously Ramir Johnson's job to lose, but I think it's a really easy job to lose when you are as undersized as you are. Like, like that's... Okay. That that's my thing. So I do have I do have Anthony Grant as as the starter. Um, is Anthony Grant that much bigger than Ramir? I yeah. think he's. I think he's. Yeah, he's up in that I mean, two hundred pound range. He's kind of a bowling ball, and he's he's pretty doggone quick and strong. I like him. Yeah, a lot. he's two ten. So. He's two ten. Again, I, I I don't hate that. I'm not gonna say. I, I think Anthony Grant's a great pick, and I think he's a really good talent. I think the one thing that no one mentioned, Ramir Johnson, that I need to throw out is I think he's underrated in pass protection. Um, yeah. Oh, that's a good. I, I, I think he he does a really good job, and it could, especially when you expect to be maybe a little bit more passing last year. Not only can he what he do out of the backfield, that is special. I mm-hmm. think you keep him in a pass protection. I I have a lot of confidence in him covering Casey Thompson's ass. Well, that was one of the things that was said last year. Why he like uh, is getting more playing time even early on over like uh, guys like Step. Yeah, uh, Step. Mm-hmm. He sucked in pass protection. 
And as bad yep. as that offensive line was last year, the running back was asked to do quite a lot of things. And Steph's and, a big and, dude too. Yeah, and, and again, and Ramir Johnson, he, he he's not big. I'm not saying you guys aren't wrong in that take that he's not a big physical guy, but like he runs tough. I, I think I think it's also really hard to like. Okay, if if I were running backs coach, I would want a big, fast guy. Like that's what you want in a running back. So Anthony Grant. But then if you think about a Mark Whipple and being the offensive coordinator, like what does he want to do? He wants to pass the ball. So it makes more sense to have a proven multi-purpose mm-hmm. running back who can also swing to the outside like a Ramir Johnson would be able to do and trust his hands. And so like and, if and I can, it, there's a, there's a key word you use there that I, is why I picked Ramir Johnson is because he's proven and he's yeah. the only proven guy that we really have back there. And it shocks me that everybody's so high on these running backs when really we have one proven guy back there. And it, yeah. I, I don't know that he – I look, I, I don't know that Ramir Johnson's starting at 12 of the 14 Big Ten schools. But I think he's the best we got right now. And I, the rest of it's unproven. I, I don't know what they sure. what, what they bring. I'm with – I, I understand that take. Go ahead, Tyler. Yeah, and, and Scott, uh, can I go to give my second running back? Because I think Scott kind of set me up perfect. You mentioned a big, fast guy. That goes my number two guy, Jockey's Yam. I mean, you, you want to talk about the big, fast, stereotypical running back that has all the athletic attributes? I mean, Yam is an uh, enigma uh, in a riddle. I think I'm taking the the the, the I think the, the you're butchering big, the shit out of it. And my yeah, what is it? Out. An enigma wrapped in a <laughs> riddle, you know, something. something. Like that. I, I I don't know. He he. This guy could not play a snap this fall, or he could be a starter. I mean, John Kizian is all over the place. I don't know what to make. I just when I look at that running back room, he is the guy that's different to me. He is the guy that just physically is just. Different. It reminds me of Divine Zigbo. Like if he's, I think he's more athletic than Zigbo. I think he is faster than Zigbo. I don't know if he's a physical runner. I don't think he's. I don't think he's faster. I don't think he's faster, but I do think that he has. I do think that he has a. I think that he could potentially be as good as a Zigbo if he can get that top end speed, or more so an acceleration ability. Yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's my number two. All right, Derek, who's your number two? I, my number two is Grant. I, I, I think I think Yant yeah, gets a lot of playing time, but I think it's going to be more situational. And okay. I, I, I think Grant's a little more of a total package than Yant is. Okay, right. And I'm gonna, I'll just write off of that. Yeah, I, I agree with Derek. Anthony Grant, from what we saw out of him out of the spring game, which again wasn't much. One play. I mean, pretty much. We're, we're really basing. And it off he should have been down. Whatever. I mean, it, <laughs> in, in game time, he wouldn't have been down. But, I mean, and, and like, as far as uh, Yakez Yant, you know, like in the spring game in the first half there, there's all these things that he was complaining about. I was like, oh, I wasn't down. In the second half, he was getting tackled. I mean, mm-hmm. he wasn't breaking anything in the second half. He was pouting all he wanted in the first half. It's like, oh, I wasn't down. I wasn't down. I got touched. But you know what? In the second half, he never, like, broke the mold of, like, saying it was like, why he, you know, what? Why those should have been longer? No, he, he he was good for four, five, six yards. That's why. That's why you bring him in for situational football. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Mm-hmm. 
But Anthony Grant's my number two. Anthony Grant, my number two is uh, everybody else's or most everybody else's number one. That would be uh, Ramir Johnson, uh, which should be obvious. You know, he's the guy with the most experience, and I don't. I, I would not be surprised to see kind of a weeback situation between the two of them. You know, like they had back in the nineties with Calvin Jones and Derek and, and Derek Brown. And that's what you I know. think is going to happen. I think Ramir Johnson's going to be your technical starter, but I think you're mm-hmm. going to see a lot of rotation between those two guys. Yep, yep, I'm with you. And Scott, what do you think on on your number two feller? Yeah, I've got <clears throat> I've got Ramir Johnson. Um, the way that I actually wrote out my my running backs position in in my mind was like, uh, who's our truck and who's our turbo? Um, mm-hmm. Like. If and you would have a number one in a trucks truck position and a number one in a turbo position, and I've got Anthony Grant as as a guy who's big and can be physical, and then I've got Ramir Johnson as number one if he was a turbo, and then that makes the number one and number two, and then I've got Yant and I've got Gabe Irvin, um, and I think they're completely interchangeable. Um, Ramir Johnson is number two by default just because of his experience. But I think at any at any point throughout the season, we could definitely see we could definitely see somebody, anybody out of out of these four guys that I have: Anthony Grant, Gabe Irvin, Jockian, and Ramir Johnson. You could see any one of them really take off and be our bell cow. Um, All right, that's how so, I interpret it. So then you're the guy that you think will be the third running back. You going with the ant, or you going with someone else? Yeah, I'd go. Actually, no, I don't know. I, I, it could be. It's a coin flip between Irvin and Yant. Got to pick. You got to pick Scott. Don't make him. Come on, it man. Out. Flip that coin. Take I'm gonna flip pick that coin. Yeah, I'm picking Yant. Yeah. yeah, just because I, I like the dude. I think he's. I think he's awesome. Yeah, I, I like the kid too. But I don't like him enough to be number three. I like. Uh, I like Irvin. Believe it or not. I think he's pissed that he got hurt going into Oklahoma. And he was about ready to break a big run when his knee popped. I think he's pissed. I think he's used that to fuel himself. He's a big kid, six what, six one, six two, two ten. He's a good sized kid. I think he's uh, a nice changeup, and he's hellaciously good at pass blocking. That's why he started as a true freshman. Was he was a good pass blocker, and God knows we needed some protection for for Adrian all season. So right, how did I'm going that work with him in the Illinois game though? It it didn't work well because we didn't realize they were going to come out. Nothing worked front. well in the. In oh the yeah, because it was the game. even front. Oh fuck, we don't know an ah, even front. Even front. Even front coach What's that? that? Yeah, yeah, it was terrible. No idea how Absolutely coach terrible. Even, front. And even the coaches were fighting about what to tell the press afterwards. Yeah. So yeah, it was a mess. That game was a mess. Uh, so Tyler, who do you got for number three? Um, you guys have all mentioned him. Anthony Grant's my number three. I, I do think it's a really close race with him and uh, Jockey Ziant. Um, it, it will be. I, there's a lot of backs in this room, and I think the gaps between them all is really small. I I do wonder how many snaps there are to go around. I mean, yeah. I, I'll be honest. Gabe Irvin was in that conversation with me, and AJ Allen was in that conversation with me. But I I, I do I do think Anthony Grant's interesting. Um, you know, look at the recent history of JUCOs coming to Lincoln. Um, you know, you had Mills, you had, uh, you know, uh, Anthony. Was it that his name? Greg Anthony? Am I, am I butchering that? Something like that. 
something like that. He, he played for like six snap games and left. I don't remember. Oh, Greg was. Bell. Greg, Greg Bell. Bell. Oh, yeah. Greg, Bell. Bell. Greg oh, Anthony yeah. was a basketball player. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that didn't sound right. But like, you've seen these guys that come in and, they, and they've all been good. And I think the thing about Grant is I think he's about that caliber. And the fact that we have, I have him third is gives me more confidence that room. Cause I, I think he's a good player. I think like in a couple of years past, like he would have been the starter. He would have been the guy. And the fact that I got him third kind of shows where I think this room is going. And it's, it's Weren't all you just talking there. shit about this room, but right before the wide receiver. Oh, no, I was, I was praising. I was praising the wide receivers. But you were talking shit about running backs. No, I said you guys all are going to have the running backs the best. I'm going to have the wide receivers the best. All right, all right, fair. Go ahead, Justin. Who do you all got? Right, so to recap here, I, I have Ramirez Johnson as my number one. <laughs> Anthony Grant is my number two. For the third guy, that's kind of like a wild card slot here. I mean, th- I think there's uh, several names that you can plug in here. Uh, with Yaquez Yant, uh, Gabe Irvin, and uh, maybe even A.J. Allen. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I put Gabe Irvin in this slot just because he did start last year. Not that he really did anything, but, I mean, it's a wild card slot. But what I think is interesting about all this conversation is one name that I never even considered for this third running back slot is Marquez Stepp, and he's a junior. And yeah. I don't know what – you know, he's, he's – uh, one of the eldest running backs in the room. And I just don't see a spot in him. Tyler, you were talking about AJ Allen and I like AJ Allen's prospects about seeing the field a little bit more than step. Sure. Me too. I I agree. I think early in the season, I think what gets interesting is you go back and look at Minnesota last year, Minnesota got beat to shit and they were playing their fourth, fifth guy. God will, if that doesn't happen to Lincoln, but if if that does happen, I think I mean, God, if you're going to pick a fifth-string running back, Marquis Stepp's not a bad name to have back there. Uh, I mean, that, I guess that's kind of my perspective. Hey, do you think he's it, kicking it is himself in the ass for uh, leaving USC as Lincoln Riley comes in? His ass would have been cut. <laughs> His ass would have anyway. been gone. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he'd have been gone anyway. He wouldn't have fit that system. Derek, who you got at number three? <laughs> uh, I have to go with yeah, just because I called him the situational guy. And I think he's got the best chances of getting on the field. Uh, I, I I love Gabe Gabe Irvin. I do, and I I would I would love to pick him as my number three running back. But since I've got Yan as my situational guy, I think he's got to be your technical number three guy. Yeah, Yantonator. Well, I tell you, I. I I listened to, I don't know if you guys listened to, I can't remember which podcast it was. I listened to so many of them. I think it was Church of the Corn. They had uh, Isaiah Harris on, one of the walk-on running backs. And yeah. they were asking him specifically about Yant. And he said he's kind of like all over the place. Some days he's really focused. Other days he's just kind of, and he said, uh, he said he likes to do a lot of dancing around instead of hitting the hole hard. And, and Coach Applewhite keeps getting on him about just just go forward run through people, you know, this is, this is a vertical offense on a running game. It's not a sidestep and dipsy doodle and juke. So I was kind of like, well, that's interesting. A big dude like that doesn't want to cut up right in the middle. So, so um, the name escapes me right now, but that is not uncommon. We had a running back. uh, Maybe it was even the Riley years. He was a big bodied guy and he had trouble going North and Monty cross. Was Was it it Monty Monty Cross? cross? 
At or was time? it? Or was it when Azigbo was was in the doghouse all the time with Riley? God, I I can't remember. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to say it was Cross. I I think you're I mean, thinking of a Wilbon. I that's uh, who I. Mikhail was not Wilbon. Could be, Wilbon. That's, could that's be Mikhail Wilbon. Yeah, and he was that's a why big he back. Saw the field. He he wasn't a big back, but he just just danced. He well, just danced. Everybody was so high on Mikhail Wilbon because he won that off the scout team MVP. Yeah. Oh, he's well, the, so, he's so did the Washington. Or, um, what was his name? The kid in 2018, 2019 that ended up leaving the team. He did that all the time. They'd call inside runs and he'd bounce it outside. Um, good Lord. Uh, Mo Washington. Mo, Maurice Washington. He was notorious the, for that. The, the difference with him, though. He could outrun people. He, <laughs> yeah. He, he, he was yeah. kicked off the team. Yeah, he was right? kicked yeah, off. Yeah, there was he, a little he, bit of that, too. Leave. Yeah, He didn't leave the team. The police <laughs> picked you, him you up. He was asked to leave. I, I, I will say this. Where do you think we would be if we still had that guy? I mean, he, he was he a good was, He was a transcendent talent. He was we would have a very, very, very disruptive Run, Running back would room. not be the biggest concern <laughs> no. at any point that he had been here. Yeah. He, he was... He, he would have been... He would have been voted off the team by... The culture by now, there's Maybe. no way he would have made it because he's just a god. It was I. I still remember when I was all about Washington, and then I saw on Instagram that he had like a live notification, and I was trying to watch the video, and it was so cringy. He was like just an who, arrogant shit. Who was the player that was on a podcast that claimed he almost punched him in the face? It was and, one of the and, offensive linemen. Uh, was, I remember yeah. that. It was Farniak. It was Farniak. Yeah. Farniak. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But Mo Washington is like one of the great what ifs. Like, like yep. the only running back that I can remember that I was like, and it a lot different career, but David Horn. Do you remember David Horn? Yeah. Like yeah. David Horn was a guy that was just like so like I, I was impressed with his athleticism, and he just never really hit at Nebraska. Mo Washington's that guy for me, too. He he is right in there. Like I just, what could have been? Uh, yeah. I think David Horde had a really good freshman campaign and got injured. I think that was more of, and then he eventually got kicked off the team. David Horde got kicked off the team. Yeah, that was like two thousand two, two thousand three. Yeah, Josh, he got, Josh he got Davis off the team beat too, him yeah. out. I, I just yeah. I, for marijuana. He got kicked yeah. off the team for marijuana. <laughs> I was That's a wee little. I was a little pipsqueak at the time. He had, a, he, had, he had a thousand yards into his career heading into his uh, junior senior year and got kicked off the team. Wow. wow. So very yeah, similar. Great. I think of again, not, not near as personal problems as Mo Washington, but the, the two biggest what ifs to me. Absolutely. Right. That was a tangent that we didn't need. <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was, yeah, no, you're right. It's, if if he would have been able to get his head figured out, I mean, he was a multi-purpose back for anything. He was just kind of small. Can I just say one last thing about running backs? Yeah. So sure. last year at this time, running backs was a shit show to me. Uh, running backs was that position that I was worse at. And heading into this year, it's probably my second best position group. Right now, I think we're we're all in agreement. Offensive line is the worst position group, right? Yeah. Yes. Right. The most do, questionable do for see, sure. Do you see any chance that heading into 2022, we're sitting here saying, just like running back, I think everyone thought running back was the worst going into 2021. Is there any chance we're like, 
Man, offensive line looking pretty good right now. Or is this just like we're in like a five-year rebuild here? So there's no way that we would ever know unless you're listening to uh, Mm -hmm. media that don't see practices or if you're going off the coaches talking about practice. There's no way we will know headed into Northwestern if that offensive line is Again, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying going into the season we're going to change it, but I'm saying by the end of it. Like we start getting – Oh, by the end of the season? Yeah. You misspoke because you said before the season. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Is there any chance by the end of the season that we start seeing it like we saw running back? Where it's like, yeah, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think you can say that look, with look, every Justin, position that we have a new coach at. Justin wants yeah, to say there's exactly. going to be no. Justin wants to say there's going to be no improvement, but I look at it as there's nowhere nowhere to go but up. So, I mean, I yeah, there's a yeah. lot. There's a there's a high chance of going sideways. I said that like. I, last I, I year and the year before that and the year before that like there's only one direction we can go and it's up and it's like it's like yeah well we, yeah, we, saw the bottom. Nine. <laughs> we just when we thought just, just when we thought we were at the book. bottom it Do was I, like read that banner justin the last yeah he had that up earlier live stream is a shirt free zone and i barely right. started this time Oh my goodness. So I'm surprised you didn't. Uh, no, so, one I so offensive earlier, but... line is the scariest <laughs> unit on offense, followed by wide receivers for me. And then it's going to be, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I, I don't worry about quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, I have no worry about. I have no worry about tight ends. And I don't worry about running backs. And I mean, I guess if there's any separation, I guess maybe running backs would be the third most. But I, I don't that's, worry about running backs. That's that's crazy coming from the biggest Casey Thompson shit talker I, I know. Okay, I got to go one last thing. Casey Thompson. So this is a guy that I hate almost every Casey Thompson take. There is the camp that think Casey Thompson is going to come in and going to change Big Ten football as we know it. No, nope. and then there's the camp. Let's call this call this camp the Justin camp. That's like this guy sucked at Texas. This guy, this guy almost got bent in his first year as a starter. Led the Big Twelve in passing touchdowns, but like, he was that's benched. A fact. He was benched. You asked Justin. He was benched. Uh, it wasn't injuries. It wasn't. <laughs> it, w- it would have been benched if it wouldn't have been for injuries. Yeah, it would have been benched if, he, if injuries. But yeah, I mean, this guy was a bump. Like he's somewhere in the middle there. He isn't going to revolutionize the, the quarterback position this year. I don't think so. So and, and this guy's in a buzz. So I, I think- Adrian Martinez threw one interception for every thirty passes, and Casey Thompson threw one interception for every 29 passes. You know how many more games Adrian Martinez started heading into last year? It doesn't, than, I'm not talking about starts. I'm talking about passes thrown. I understand that. But Casey Thompson, this was his first substantial playing time in his career last year. You don't think he can get better after like that? Like, th- like essentially, this was, again, Adrian Martinez, four-year starter. I can't see him making a big jump all of a sudden. One year starting for Casey Thompson. You don't think that there's an evolution that's on the table for him. Maybe again, again, we'll, there's we'll also, see. there's also a wild card involved in all of this. And that is the fact that the quarterback coach is completely different now. I mean, if, if Casey Thompson were coming in and he was going to be coached by Verduzco, <laughs> I wouldn't a see a whole stars. lot of difference, but he's instead being coached by a guy that's extremely uh, into the details. He doesn't prepare. He always prepares his quarterbacks. You ask anybody that's ever been coached by him. 
Uh, there's never a defense that the quarterback's going to see that he's surprised by because that's how detailed Whipple is. How quickly Thompson picks up on all that, there's the question. But at yeah. least I think he's got an upgrade in a coach uh, when it comes to uh, but- tutelage, tutelage on his quarterbacks. And let's be honest here, guys. Can you honestly say you're not going into this season thinking, oh, crap, if our starter goes down, it's all downhill? I'm not. I'm thinking we've got a better shot at, at uh, having a pretty good quarterback come in and back him up because I was not very confident not in Logan Andrew Smothers bunch. going into Iowa, and he surprised me. But, but I just uh, want to talk to Tyler about, you know, like Casey Thompson. I mean, you're making it sound like he's a super young quarterback. I mean, he's in his fourth year of college football right now. With the outside of COVID, I mean, he is like on his way out. I mean, he's but like. But it wasn't like he was college. like not behind. I mean, he was behind Sam Ellinger, who was mm-hmm. a really good quarterback in college. And he got beat out by a freshman to start the last year. And then he That's ended up fact. leading the he Big Ten as touchdowns. He was a he third the- year guy that got beat out by a freshman. He, he, so who had the most touchdown passes at the Big Ten last year? In the Big Ten? The Big 12. Okay. Yeah, see, Justin forgets to bring that part up. See, Casey Thompson also had a touchdown every 10 passes, almost 11. Okay, we'll say we'll say 11. To, to Adrian Martinez, 1 in 15. Yeah. Like, there's so, a big difference there. I mean, he, he did he did he put up a lot of touchdown passes. Oh, but they were all in a couple Kansas. games. They were all in a couple games, remember? I mean, there, like go. three games he had. I mean, it was like 18 or was was it 15 15 15 or 14 touchdowns through three games i get i i'm just oh you know what's so interesting whenever i watch you guys right it's it's like i'm watching my brain like enact itself in three different personalities because everything that you guys say i'm like yeah that's something i've thought before yep yep that's a that's a point that i've taken before and and it's just (laughs) It's that's why I freaking love you guys because we're, we're like, the little guys sitting on your shoulder, Scott. That's what yes, we are. Yes, except for there's like a you know there's like a third one. You know there's a bald third one sitting somewhere else, and and, and we reek of alcohol. <laughs> yes, yeah. and you guys are just <laughs> but they all make you go. You guys make fucking great points. Yeah, um, it's it's always good. It's always good for sure. I mean, this this has been a fun discussion. Go ahead. The thing I gotta say is that Justin and Derek are clearly on opposite sides of the shoulders, and they they will always be on different sides of the shoulder. Like that's like, not I, true. I, Derek, I, how many times I do jumped. we agree tonight? Like I once. jumped. Yeah. <laughs> like one is more than ever. <laughs> there was a there was a podcast a while back that you guys like agreed like three different times, and you guys were just taken aback by it. It was amazing. Yeah. I don't remember which which one that was. But well, well, we, it, we it are, doesn't happen often. It doesn't happen about often. anything. About anything. It's not just Husker football. It's anything. It, it we really don't. Agree. That's, except that's except the only thing. The only thing we really agree on is beer is good. And, and Guns and Roses is a good rock band. Uh, the best rock. Beer is good, but we disagree on which beer is the best. <laughs> so, so I got to do a shameless plug here, Ken, as we're getting out because the Cuzcast. We've had a hiatus for about a month and a half now. Next week we're coming back. We're we're we're, redu- awesome. we're releasing new content. We're finally taking summer vacation off and coming back and talking football because you could tell we're getting a little lived up right now. So awesome, awesome. Been our our show it. will be more regular here on out until the end of the next season. 
That's awesome. And, you know, the next time we get together to do one of these, which will be the last one of these roundtables uh, in the offseason anyway, will be uh, next next month. And it will be our over-under game, just like we played last year, except uh, I've come up with some different categories, guys, some stuff that's completely different than last year. So Can't I think it's that. pretty compelling. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, for example, I'll just give you one, one example of something that we're going to do. And this is just a bonus question. And that is in, in the 2020, in 2021, Ramir Johnson was second on the team in all purpose yards with 730, 495 rushing, 197 receiving. I have an over under for Ramir Johnson in all purpose yardage this year, because we've got that many more running backs in the room that can do a lot of the things he can do. I have his over under set at 543. So that just gives you a sample of what we're going to talk about next next you month. Can't answer Go ahead, it, Tyler. Tyler. Can't answer yet. And maybe that question will be gone by next month. You never know. <laughs> but but, uh, I, but anyway. I mean if you had an irrelevant question like, you know, yeah. run your suck. Yeah, go, go ahead, Tyler. <laughs> oh, the, the the finger up was like that. That's an over. Not, not, not tipping my finger. I'm not tipping my hat at that. I, I believe I won last year, didn't I? Sure? Not, or did I not win last year? How, yeah, you did. did you and I still have yet to mail out the uh, to send you guys that, the. Uh, that, you know what? Don't worry about the, that. You'll just have to gift do cards this year. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> I will <laughs> win again. There, there, Mister Overconfident. No- might there as well no, just stack them up. There were no real winners last year, to be fair. No, yeah. no, because we all were so far, far off. But uh, that's one, one score losers. off. <clears throat> that's the plan next month, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to you guys putting out your next uh, bit of content, another Cuscast show coming. Where can folks find you guys, Justin? You can find us at on Twitter, at HuskerCuzCast. You can find our podcast anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Uh, yeah, how we even have a Facebook page? Don't yes, tell you there you do. go. They got Facebook. They've got the Facebook. You can find us at the same places at Gen Red Pod on both Twitter and Facebook. Gen Red Pod is now the name of our YouTube channel as well that you're watching this on if you're watching. And um, GenRedPod at gmail.com is our email address. You can find our website at GenRedPod.com. So uh, that's it for tonight, guys. This was a heck of a lot of fun. Really appreciate you guys taking the time to do this. And until next time, we're the Big Red Roundtable, and we're here to remind you that Iowa's corn still and will always suck, and there is absolutely no place like Nebraska. Absolutely. Love me, Grant. Peace out. GBR. GBR.